You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I've been thinking a lot about forgiveness. And it's all these different cliches. It's the, you know, why would you want to drink poison and then expect someone else to get sick? That one is pretty good, actually. But still. And, you know, it's, it's best for you to, you know, forgive. It's for you. It's not for them. And this is not the voice they talk in, but this is the voice that, you know, I just feel like is the way of wisdom. And this is how people talk when they're wise. No, but seriously, like, whenever things are deep, you ever heard something from someone and you like, oh, you expected to forgive that? Yeah, I don't know how you're going to do that. To me, that's a deep circumstance, right? And when stuff reaches the realm of deep to that level, I always go back to the Bible because I'm like, okay, we can search high and low in the world, but God need to tell me something. And so I was having my little private time with God. And I'm like, okay, you know, I like to keep it a hundred when I'm speaking to God. I'm like, I don't want to walk around with certain stuff in my heart. And, you know, I am, I'm getting to a point in my life that, you know, casting cares to him and things of that nature is cool, but I need a deeper word, especially in the realm of forgiveness, because I feel like forgiveness is the thing that you, you are going to constantly have to do. Um, while you're still in this green earth. People are forget are offending by the boatload. So you are going to have to forgive quicker as we're coming desensitized to certain things that we see on social media. People are getting more reckless with how they say stuff. I don't think that people are censored anymore in, in how they conduct themselves or thinking about other people's feelings or do you even... Did you even fathom how that would play out? What kind of aftermath, you know, that can conclude before you do something? Like, are you keeping that golden rule of thinking about others, you know, more than you think of yourself and do us the others as you want them to do to you? Is anybody remembering that? The answer, bink, no, it's 100 on a family feud. Okay, great, top answer. But, so I, I wanted to know, okay, give me something that will hold me throughout this lifetime with forgiveness. What is it? Now, certain things like, you know, somebody cutting you, cutting the line in the grocery store. You don't need a whole bunch of, you know, you don't need a gallon of forgiveness to wash that off. You see what I'm saying? But stuff like, mm, family member cut deep. Mm, okay. Okay. Boss says something disrespectful and you still got to, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, those kind of things you're going to have to, um, you know, it's just it's levels to it. But the deep things. Deep where it it cuts your soul with it, where it can leave some trauma, where it can leave, you know, if we were to peel back the layers of your heart, we see some war wounds and it's like, who did that? And you could tell a story and there's some pain related to that. Those kind of things. Yeah, you need a word on how to forgive that because you absolutely positively cannot walk this earth with unforgiveness. You just you can't. When I visualize unforgiveness, I think of it as overpacking a jet. And that is so dangerous. It, it's, you cannot overpack a jet. It will lead to fatality immediately. Actually, that's how the singer Aaliyah went. Her, the jet that she was on, it had too much luggage and people on there. And so... I went to God and I'm like, okay, you know, give me something that to impress upon my heart, but also something that I can share. And so I went back 
and he reminded me or he asked me rather, you know, who in the Bible do you think of where you just like, mm, I don't know how you did it, bruh, when it comes to forgiveness? And, you know, it kind of went through. I was like, well, you know, Jesus is a walking word and they did disrespect him terribly. But we already know that's the top answer. So I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm not going to pick the easy one. So, I'm, you know, I'm scrolling through. And hands down, every single time, I always think of Joseph. From the Ruda to the Truda. <laughs> he was super disrespected. I mean, I just, mm, I mean, I, I mean, think about it. From his brother's being so jealous of his dream that they go ahead and they put him in a pit and they lie about his death. Oh! Yeah, don't let your family member not call you on your birthday or forget your baby's, you know, ceremony or, or, or not pay you back a certain amount of money. We cut them off super easy. Imagine your family selling you as a slave, okay, and then telling your family, like, yeah, bro, he, she didn't make it. And here's the proof, like, you know, here's her coat, here's his coat. Now, that's something to cut somebody over, but we're not going to stop there because that was just the beginning. That was just the initiating past go real quick. Then after he gets sold as a slave, he goes ahead next level. He's that part of first house and, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. He's keeping his integrity. He actually he was over all the other slaves. So, you know, he was the, the head person in charge, if you will. And then part of her wife, you know, she had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of Tharela in her. OK. And she was trying to get some from him. And he's like, chill. Part of my man. Like, no, we're not doing that. And then she was like, oh. You know, clearly she must have been stuck up in some kind of way because I guess that level of you just told her no. She was like, I got something for you. Went and told Potiphar like, yeah, um, he tried to get some from me. And so what happened was prior to that sidebar, she went to grab his shirt to try to get her some. And he was like, absolutely not. And he to the point that he left his shirt behind to get out of that. Now, sidebar, let's just put our finger right there. If we had men with that kind of integrity walking around this earth still OM to the jizzle, but I digress, press play again. Okay, so with that, and pause again, what is it with people taking his clothes and saying, here's my evidence, like, if I was Joseph, just thinking about that right now, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to walk around with the, um, the fig leaves from the garden like i'm over it i can't use nothing else y'all stripped me of this you're going to embarrass me and you so what you want to do i just i don't that's just the route i would have took but you know what <laughs> i digress again so you know she then shows potiphar like look i got his shirt he tried to touch me he tried to do something that wasn't supposed to be done and so potiphar was like ah that was my man but you know what yep gotta put you in jail sir then he goes to jail people around him are having some issues, some troubling dreams and things of that nature. And he helping everybody else out. Your dream means this, that, and the third. Your dream means this, that, and the third. Hey, higher power, your dream means this, that, and the third. And he asked them, his only request was, you know, when y'all get out of here, you know, um, Sir Baker and the other people that I'm helping out, when y'all get out of here, the only thing I ask is, you know, not put something on my commissary. He not looking for the extra shrimp for the ramen noodle, you know? He just said, remember me. Just remember me because I'm not supposed to be here. Did they remember him? I'll give you a second. Nope. They surely didn't. Very annoying. I'm already getting angry and I'm not even Joseph. So let me just come all the way down with it. Okay, great. So you figure like, okay, is that enough? Does it stop there? No. But 
The next order of business, well, you know, stuff was starting to get light. It's a turning point now. He was able to help out a king. The king was having the, you know, the well, it would be king in that time. But he was having a troubling dream. And it was like, if, you know, somebody can go ahead and help me out. And he was like, okay, let me tell you what it means. You know, not able, not only was he able to dissect what the dream meant, he was able to give him a resolve on what he should do with the dream. So essentially, read your Bible. If you don't know about that part, it pretty much was Israel was getting ready to really experience a famine and so he kept seeing the the dream was the king kept seeing these seven um cows fattened cows being eaten and you know it was all this confusion in it i'm not gonna give it away go read it um and so joseph was like oh that just means we're getting ready to experience a famine in seven years so what we need to do is you know so he's the one that said we're gonna put away some food we're gonna do this that and the third so the famine actually did come true it came to pass, and what actually started happening is uh, his brothers were told by his father, like, yo, y'all got to go over there. Not knowing that what Joseph did put him second in command, you know, in, in Israel at that time. So his father's told him, and this is like, you know, behind the scenes with it, y'all need to go over there to Israel, get some food, because if we stay here, we all going to die. Now, it has been years passing at this point. Joseph's brothers then come. They don't recognize Joseph, but the Bible says that Joseph recognized them. And immediately he asks with a calm voice, can you imagine? But anyway, with a calm voice, where's your father? Probably holding back tears. And they were like, oh, you know, my father's back there, whatever the case may be. You know, he told us to come over here to get some food, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't like, oh, he's across the street. No, they had to go travel to come here. So if they needed his father again, they would have to go travel. Okay. Wasn't no automobiles with it. Like, no, we got to, you know, foot to this, to sandal to the sand, sir. Um, so he pretty much just told them, like, go get your father and come back. With the intention to forgive. Now, I brought you through all that to show that God could have bring, brought his brothers back at the slavery level. You know, he could have brought them back and said, okay, you know, maybe they would have been able to find like, hey, do y'all remember the boy this short, this tall with this eye with the, you know, um, can you show me where he's at? I'm sure it wasn't that far off, but they could have been able to track Joseph back down. But God didn't allow that to happen on that level. And maybe that would have been the quick, fast way. They're like, hey, you know what? What we did a month ago, I'm sorry. Or what we did last week, I'm sorry. And that's what a lot of us expect. We expect this super wraparound, like, I want you to say something foul, and then tomorrow I want you to say sorry, and I want you to deeply mean it, and I want it to mean something to me, I want it to mean something to you. I want to be able to let it go, and I want you to never do it again. The end. That's how you would like that to go, but it doesn't. God could have brought the brothers back at the Potiphar level. Didn't see fit there. He just didn't. It took years, years from the time that the brother sold him to the time that he was second in command. And you know how I knew it took years? Because they did not recognize their brother. So either he looked super royalty to the point that they were like, mm -hmm. I don't know who that is. I just know we hungry. Okay, great. Or it could be that life may have externally changed him to the point that they no longer recognized the strength and everything else that was probably built from being in those circumstances. So I say all that to say, I feel like there's a certain time for forgiveness to occur. 
And as much as we want it to happen in the pit, I want you to put me in this pit and then I want you to come back and say, you know what, that was the wrong decision. As much as we want it to be a very short time frame, as much as we want it to occur on the Potiphar's side of life, as much as we want it to happen, okay, you know what, I know for sure you're going to hear that I'm in jail you're going to come back and say, you know what, this is all my fault. I'm going to take all the blame. I'm terribly sorry. As much as we want that, forgiveness has a platform. And I believe that if that platform is taken too early, it doesn't benefit anyone. Because, you know, let's just flip it real quick. Let's just do the Bible in our head. So if they would have sold him or if they would have put him in a pit, left him there overnight to show him who's boss, whatever, and then um, came back the next day, you know, just for a dramatic expense. Let's just say it was raining too. Okay, great. All right, it was raining. And they came back and they was like, sorry. Uh, come out, you know, let's go back home. Now, for forever, um, there will be a mistrust. It would be not. And I'm telling daddy, you won't get in trouble, all y'all, because y'all all did this. Have a nice day. Um, it would be evident that you lied to daddy immediately. Because what if they did do the whole, like, oh, he was dead, or I don't know, you know, had his father worry sick. Um, I don't think that would have went too well. To live in that household with your brothers again. Like, mm -mm, not after y'all did that. I'm good on you. And maybe it would have bred some hatred. And let's just say, fast forward, the famine did happen. And nobody was able to help the king with his, um, with his dream. And give him the insight, the prophetic insight on what to do when the famine did take. Then that just would have really, really, really been bad for all of them. So he probably would have died with that kind of negativity in his heart. You know, who knows? Or let's say, you know, even better, they came at the greatest time when he was in shackles, you know, in jail. Um, I don't really know too many brothers that can come in and say, hey, that's my brother. Can we take him home? Mm, not how that works. Yep. Not as many people are screaming free so-and-so. Doesn't really work like that. So, I mean, even if y'all was to put something on his commissary and make sure you see him every visitation, it would have been, I'm still behind these bars while I'm looking. You're free, but you caused this. I think it still would have bred something kind of like, you know, close to hate. But for whatever the reason, God wanted me to see that forgiveness there's a couple of things. It takes time, which nobody wants to hear because you're just like, oh, it's going to take forever. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through it. But you know what? Time literally does heal all wounds because I don't know how Joseph was able to not only hug them, but feed them. And mm -mm. Let me tell you what most of y'all would have did. Okay, great. Um, yeah, y'all would have been like, oh, okay, sorry, fresh out. Next. <laughs> yeah y'all yeah payback oops sorry <laughs> oh by the way you know what my name is mm-hmm yep just like yep just to rub it in their face I mean just a little bit you know just nothing too fancy but just you know forgiveness takes time and don't rush it but also don't close the idea to it I think that God truly knows when something is, woof, when it's a grade, grade A, yeah, it's going to take some time. But as long as you don't bury the idea of the forgiveness, I think that you're doing better than what you think. 
you know, I heard Joyce Meyer say her father molested her all throughout her childhood. And when he was about 80, God told her that it was time that she was to forgive him. Um, he was getting sick, so he he had to go. Ahead, she had to go ahead and get a house for him, and pretty much, you know, make sure that he was taken care of. And to hear her say that she felt like God told her to do that, and, you know, I like Joyce Meyer because she was she was real with it. She was like, "No, I thought I heard God wrong," so I was like, "Nope, not doing it." So she delayed it for a little bit. But you know, you you think about what you're going through, and you, and you compare it to that, and you're like, mm. or you may hear that, and you may feel in your heart. Yeah, I'm experiencing that very same thing. I think the beautiful thing about forgiveness and the wonderful thing about God is that he always shows you either a mirror reflection of you or a reflection of someone else that makes your situation look so minuscule that you're like, what am I doing? It, It really makes your sunflower seed to this watermelon, like, yeah, take it off. Please don't compare it to that. That's not that's not fair. It's disrespectful, actually, low-key. And so as long as we are, and again, you could think about Joyce Meyer left the home when she was, what, 18, she said? And until her father turned 80. So even in, in that example, there is a space. There is a, I think there's a season for forgiveness. And I think if you're listening to this, you know, and you feel like in your heart, mm-mm, nope, then that just means that there's two things that need to be going on at the same time for forgiveness to take its perfect root. There needs to be a readying of the soil. So do not bury it, cement it, cast it, put the key, it's a wrap. Eh. Now, there are some things that I feel like God says absolutely not for your good. And if you have peace about that, minus anger, then and you don't hear anything that's conflicting with that within your, your spirit, then you're good. But those things that you like, ah, you go back and forth on how to approach and if I should and forget it. And then if you do not have a peace about it, not peace like I'm good. I don't even think about it. I just whatever. No, a peace like, you know what? I have executed all that I can and I don't feel any need to go any further with that. There is a difference with being at peace and a difference from bolting down something because you are too afraid of opening it um, that you know what's going to come out of that. I think that there really is, I think God is trying to do something at this time about forgiveness. I really truly feel that there is a heightened sense of just clear your plate. I feel like some people miss out on their blessings Because God wants to, you know, when I say plate, I think of life. And I don't want our plate to be so filled with the servings of what other people did to us. And now that those servings no longer serve us and it's turning moldy and, you know, you're just looking at the plate and was was once like, okay, I think I can palate that. Now it's molded bread and, you know, you ever seen something molded that you like, oh, you know, cheese turning green and blue and then... And so then God is looking at his hand like, listen, I'm trying to give you this blessing. You have to clear that. And no, oftentimes he don't want you to throw the whole plate away. God is not, he don't like waste. You know, it's not like, give me a new plate. No, no. He wants you 
to team up with him and to take each section of that plate and wash it and wash it clean and wash it so it never has to stink up your house called your life again and that you truly know this is settled and like what Jesus said on the cross it is finished I want you to feel a freedom in your soul that you can say mm-mm no devil that doesn't taunt me no more mm-mm you can't bring up that thought and it brings up that emotion or that reaction out of me no, I don't need to feel like I have an emotional girdle on. I have to stay hardened in that area in order to, to not feel the ramification of that thought or that, or that memory. Mm-mm, I'm not doing that no more. Jesus was literally on the cross and was able to just, it is finished. And I think that he said that for you, for me, for every area of your life, so that there's nothing that competes with that. I want everyone to be able to breathe in that very same space. I want everyone to really tune into that. Because that's ultimate living. It's not finances. It's not anything tangible. It is how peaceful, how clear, how much clarity do you have in your soul? Because we all have soul wounds. But how clear. You know, the, the scars that you had when you were trying to learn how to ride the bike, those are not really there on your knees like that no more. And if they are, they're so minute as eh. But that current cast that you have, yeah, that's preventing you from using that hand, that particular limb, whatever it is. So just team up with God. And the Holy Spirit and just say, you know what? And it's okay to say, I don't even know where to start. That's the best place to start. To just to be real. Have a humble assessment. Listen, I don't know how Joseph did it. And thank God it wasn't, you know, nobody from my hometown. Because it would have been like, mm. yeah, I'm sorry. You said what? No, bread. Oh, we fresh out. A couple of years too late. You ever heard there was a famine? Oh, okay. And I'm sure God showed you your own personal Josephs where you like, man, I don't know how such and such forgave, how such and such did. But the Bible says that if you thank God for all you have, tell God what you need, that the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. That's in Philippians 4. And I don't know God to be a storyteller. No, I won't say the L word because um, I had my family's from the South. You said the L word. They um, got your eye plucked out. I don't want to do that. But after this call, I just really want you to go ahead and just get with God and say, you know what? I don't want to carry that around no more. Because to be honest with you, we are not um, iron-casted shelves where we can just bury something and it never presents itself. Not true. Not true. Um, things that you hold on to shapes your reality, shapes your perspective, shapes how you approach certain things. It's your reason why you think the way that you do, why you move the way that you do. Wouldn't it be so much easier to fly if you took one of those book bags off? 
And so listen, I'm just a messenger. I want you to go ahead and get with God and say, you know what? If there's anything that I'm unaware of that I'm carrying, I pray that you show me and that you give me the insight and the wisdom on how to manage it. Because when Joseph let the king know, he didn't just say, oh, your dream? Yeah, we finna have a famine for seven years and walked away. No, he showed him what it was and then he gave him a resolve. So if Joseph was able to do that to another human, God can especially do that for you. Get what God, I'm telling you, he is amazing. He's amazing and he will show you and have the courage to ask that question. Or you may even be aware of like, I know exactly what it is, but I don't, I mean, I've been doing just fine. Not true. Not true. Mm -mm. And everybody around you knows it. Because again, we are broken vessels and the things that are inside, they seep out. And if there's tar where there should have been blood, yeah, we that, mm -hmm, something needs to happen. Listen, I can only be the messenger. I can't be the doer for you. But I pray that at the end of this, God will give you the courage to go ahead and search and get that. <sighs> it's finished. And it will never have any kind of soul space after God clears it for you. All right, I ain't mean to get deep. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, let me go ahead and put this um, put these clothes in the wash. I'm gonna call you back, and you know what that means. I'll speak to you later. <laughs> later. <laughs>